The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This, this is Talking Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Howard streaks in! Your hosts, Isaiah Stanback, Nick Harris, John Mashoda, and Kyle Yeomans. It's a Thursday edition of Talking Cowboys presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company, live from the Star in Frisco, Texas, and the SWBC Studios. It is Wild Card Week today. Woo! Wild Card, baby. The Cowboys offense versus the Packers defense. What is your favorite Uno wild card? What? Uno wild card? Like your, your, your favorite Uno card. Uh, plus is four, it, obviously. Is it draw four? Yeah. yeah it's absolutely. The, I mean, that's like the that's like the turnover of an Uno game. It's the ultimate equalizer. You have to step your game up. I feel like you're like a yellow two guy. I feel like that's what you're about to come back with. It's like yellow two. It's, no, it's, it's, it's You guys are behind. If there was a purple four. You guys are behind the take. times. You guys are behind the times. I definitely <laughs> would. But I <laughs> told you. Good. There's a new Uno called Uno Mercy. No Mercy. Oh, I've played it. Yeah. Yeah. Like plus it's a draw 10, ten buddy. I pay you yeah. to go come in here today and Nothing. start the show Nothing yet. with Uno but talk. I like the wild card, man. I like to being able to change the color. Oh, I get it now. This is like, so I've been. You know what I mean? Like the draw four is cool, but like it doesn't hit home. Like I want to change the color to what works in my benefit, or to what you what you don't have. I've, I've been sitting at lunch with Danny McRae this week over here in the, okay. in the training table, and every every day apparently at his at his lunch table he brings like a just outside of the box question. And okay. This is kind of with his yesterday he was like, okay, if you go to like a mall, say in Miami over the weekend, and you see a ten foot alien, you know, did y'all hear about all the Miami that? stuff? Yeah. 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 He was like, would you come back to work and tell people, or did, would you think that like nobody would believe you? And we spent like 30 minutes on the topic. It was yeah, actually like... I would definitely say it. I don't know. I don't you wouldn't know. tell yeah, him? You would definitely say yeah, it. Yeah, I would definitely tell you. Yeah, I know you, yeah, yeah. your answer. He was also like, would the people around you believe you? <laughs> I mean, I'm not concerned about that. I'm just... That's, that's kind of how I was, but I was like, if it's out in the news and there's reports and I saw it with my own eyes, yeah. I'm telling people. But if it, was, it was like just me and I saw a 10-foot alien outside walking in. I don't know what I'm doing with that information. <laughs> There's a lot of reports like, of ten foot aliens. Some lately. guy dressed as a ten foot alien, unless it was real. Is that a is that a problem? Is that okay. something that so listen? So like, I'm watching gauge this, the room. Maybe yeah. I'm just behind. Maybe I'm just behind. But I'm obviously at the national championship game, watching the game, and they're you know getting ready to do the national anthem and all that stuff, right? And they're doing a color guard. There was and, an alien. No, no, there's no alien. But listen, but check this out. So what are the branches of the of the military? Uh, Army, Navy, oh, Marines, Blake Corum, and Air Force? Space Force. You're missing one. Space Force. Space Force. Did you know that there's a freaking Space Force yeah. now? It's relatively new. Why do we need a Space Force? Because there's aliens. There's a freaking branch it's, called it's Space most, Force. It's mostly because space, like combat can go up yeah. into the, into the oh, satellites. Oh, sure. Of course that's what into, it is. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's a legitimate reason oh, for sure, Kyle. being a Space yeah. Force. Satellites. Space Force. Asteroids, of course. They need yeah, to you got to you got to go blow up asteroids. EMPs. That's why you need a whole force for that. Yeah, Armageddon. This is about to turn to Aaron Rodgers, Pat McAfee. This, that's what it's already <laughs> turning into. Bro. I was I was shocked. I was I was I couldn't believe it. Yeah, like the military. I mean, finally, I'm was shocked like, you didn't know about this. Bro, You're so I, up bro, on. I usually am. That's why I was. That's another reason. Vehicle. You know who else was shocked? The Washington offense, apparently. Apparently, yeah, they, they sucked. Uh, but but bro, oh. I told my son. I said, bro, I said, I said, you got to be a part of Space Force. 
That's what I need my son to do I now. I thought you were going to say you were looking for applications. No, no, I'm too old. I'm pretty it. sure I, I aged out. The, hey, when my, you get your cyber IQ. truck, you're going to be in the Space Force? Hey, bro, I'm saying, I mean, you might have a free free pass. <laughs> my son, my son is smart enough to be in the Space Force, though, I'm sure. Huh? I think you might awesome. be too tall for it. Can't be in Space Force if you're too... What's the height limit in sp- I don't know, but I, I, I feel like for to be a fighter pilot, you can be... No, 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 no. Not, not, not a, no, we're talking about s- space shuttles, bro. Yeah, but if you're in, right, a, if you're in a jet... How do you think you get to that level? I mean, yeah. I will say, there was a kid you that You think I that covered. you just go from how, just driving a car to... You, you don't think there's any how background tall? of any type of Well, I'll kind of give you an answer either? here. There was a kid that I covered at my last job. He's actually the starting guard for the Texas Longhorns right now, Hayden Connor. He wants to be an astronaut. It's like why he went to Texas. He's doing all these like astrodynamics or whatever and he's like six foot four and like he's i asked him i was like can you go to space he's like yeah yeah, yeah. they make things for like tall people yeah. like, oh, okay so the, i have that, that answer so the, the minimum height is four foot ten and a half inches you got that one <laughs> the maximum course. height is six foot four Wow. Oh, okay. wow. Wow. So there's a match. So you see, there's a chance. Right. <laughs> He's back. I'm in the game, baby. But oh. anyway, so yeah, sorry. But I was I was literally sitting there with my jaw dropped. I was like, bro, there's a Space Force. This is mm-hmm. awesome. Well, I'm going to take both of Isaiah's crazy questions to start this this show, and I'm going to somehow relate it into this. This wild card matchup is out of this world between the Packers and the Cowboys. Give us ah! some news and notes. Uh, I don't know how I like that. Okay, we'll start with the uh, practice report coming off of yesterday, the first uh, day that the Packers and the Cowboys were on the practice field getting ready for uh, – what is it? Oh, Nothing. my gosh. Okay. Uh, to get ready for the uh, wild card game this week. Um, so we can start with the Cowboys side. Uh, notables, Stephon Gilmore did not practice with his shoulder injury yesterday. We talked to Mike McCarthy in the press conference. It sounds like they're going to try and rehab him today tomorrow and then hopefully get him back on the field in time for saturday um that plan in the past has kind of left things questionable as far as guys playing mm-hmm. but you talk to stefan gilmore you talk to anybody the expectation is that he's playing on sunday so there's a little bit more confidence than there has been with previous guys that sit out wednesday thursday friday uh, uh looking forward into the practice report jonathan hankins was initially uh, listed as did not practice and i think it caused kind of a concern but uh, uh the, the team came back and corrected that he was actually limited yesterday uh tyler smith was back on the practice field uh, yesterday. Uh, limited uh, reps. He was there doing all the drills in the portion that the media saw inside the Ford Center yesterday. Um, and then uh, Zach Martin, he was resting yesterday, but we did talk to Mike McCarthy. Sounds like he's good coming off of that flu, and he should be ready to go this week. Okay. Gilmore said that he, there's a good chance to play with one of those harnesses, which he's done before, mm-hmm. so there'll be some limitation there. But he sounds like he's ready to go. It, it, that's a good thing to to look at, and I, I think without Gilmore, it's a significant drop off. We had that conversation a couple of days ago about who would you rather not have, and what what it would do to have that top guy, that starter, drop off, and what the next replacement would be. Yeah. Stephon Gilmore to to Nation Wright is the biggest drop off, and, and that's nothing against Nation Wright, but it's also a credit to what Stephon Gilmore has done to this point. Well, speaking of six foot four, I did talk to Nation Wright in the locker room mm-hmm. yesterday for a little bit, just being like, "Are you preparing this week any differently? You know, just in case Gilmore can't go, and it's it's business as usual for him. If he can step in, he'll step in. He feels like he did really well in the Commanders. He got good reviews coming off of that from the coaching staff, or good, good grading, I guess, uh, coming out of the from the coaching staff out of that second half against the Commanders. So take that for what it's worth uh the Packers side the only real thing that I think should be looked at is AJ Dillon is battling a uh, knee and, or excuse me a thumb and a uh 
neck injury. He did not practice yesterday. That'd be big if um, uh, the Packers can't have that secondary back for Aaron Jones. I mean, Aaron Jones has been toting that thing quite a bit last three weeks, and he's been doing a good job of it. But uh, having one less guy in that room would obviously be helpful towards the uh, Cowboys' run defense efforts. Hmm. Uh, Mario in South Texas says the Cowboys have an alien. His name is Michael Parsons. Ah, yeah, <laughs> we mm-hmm. see one every day. So, huh? yeah, yeah. He's, he's walking around the locker room. Uh, he wasn't, though, an NFLPA All-Pro, though. Yeah, that's uh, that's kind of wild. Um, a second year in a row, he's not an NFLPA All-Pro. Uh, so the NFLPA Players Association, they the players vote on um, – quote-unquote all pros the actual all pro list is friday uh, AP. From, from the ap um but uh yeah five cowboys were on the list uh this year uh let me see if i can rattle them off without looking at the list it was cd lamb tyler smith deron bland oh. brandon aubrey and zach martin Boom. so um those were all five that was pretty quick he didn't have any hesitation yeah. i had i hesitated a little bit on zach I don't, nah, that's okay i'm calling i'll call give it to you out. uh do you think that's any level of motivation for for michael parsons no, for NFLPA. I, I will say though, like he's he did say like two and a half, three weeks ago, he was like uh, he was asked about some sort of award that like the media votes. It may be Defensive Player of the Year, actually. It may be because mm-hmm. it was that stuff was kind of cooking up, and he was like, you know, at the end of the day, I don't really care. You know, what I do care about is the NFL Top 100 because players vote on that. You know, I'll listen to the players, and now hmm. I'm like, I'm curious. How what long he are these days been for you? It's, I literally you, asked him that last week. It was last week. It was last week. Oh wow. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh. did you say it has been a ago. Did you say have, earlier in the season? I said like a few weeks ago. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I have been. To, I have driven like 45 hours in the last week. It's yeah. been this last week has felt like two years. You know how like every January feels like it's the longest month of the year. Yeah. I felt like I've already lived two months already. <laughs> like I am cooked. But anywho, should be March already. Yeah, it should be like draft time. I'm okay with it taking a little <laughs> bit of time. Yeah, same, gosh, same. I've got a busy March coming up. Same. Um, um, I feel like we have to dive into this. I mean, all these coaching changes that have happened in the last 24 hours. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Uh, Pete Carroll out in Seattle. Bill Belichick out in New England this morning. Um, and I, you got to throw in Nick Saban being out at Alabama. I know that's not NFL related, but that's huge news. All three of those guys. I think it's a little NFL related because of how many players he's put into the NFL. <laughs> and one of which is a cornerstone of your franchise. And he's right behind your right shoulder and Trayvon Diggs. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. so uh, but I, I think the one you have to look at in regards to the Cowboys is um, Pete Carroll being out in Seattle. You know, Dan Quinn obviously has a lot of connections to the Seahawks. He's already getting linked super quickly to that job. So, um, yeah, yeah, I think uh, this is this one's interesting. This one's interesting. Let's hear from the man who was recruited by Pete Carroll and has kept up with that Seattle franchise because it's his hometown. We talked about this. AKA Dad. I don't want to say we talked about this months ago because John might say we talked about it last week. But I mean, uh, months ago. <laughs> hey, there's no reason to bring facts into this. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, we had a conversation about what it would take to really pull Dan Quinn away from this organization. Um, being that he, for the past two years. He's that was been, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. He's been he's been <laughs> he's been turning it down. Thanks, John. Thanks, John. <laughs> he's been turning opportunities down. And and nice, you know. Pretty good opportunities over the past few seasons, you know, in terms of he's been the lead head coaching candidate um, across the league for the past two seasons. And we talked earlier and we I know we kind of came to a consensus that, you know, the Chargers job would be hard for him to turn down just because everything is seemingly in place personnel wise down there offensively and defensively, obviously, which is important to him. Solid D lines, you know, linebackers, secondary, all those guys are there. Um, it's, It's L.A. Um, but having conversations with DQ and knowing who DQ is, he doesn't. He genuinely hasn't had the urge to leave. Um, 
but we did say if Seattle, I think we kind of just threw it out there. If Seattle ever, I mean, <clears throat> Seattle, Pete Carroll's going nowhere, but if Seattle ever popped up, that'd be the one. Yeah. yeah. It popped up. Seattle popped up. <laughs> it's there. And I know John Schneider. I had a good relationship, I have a really good relationship with John Schneider, the GM down there, um, up there in Seattle. They don't make this move without knowing what their next move is already. They're not an organization that they're not a or, they're they're a very calculated organization in terms of decision making. Um, they know exactly how they feel. They know exactly the direction they want to go. Obviously, you saw an example of that most recently with Russell Wilson. Yeah, they knew exactly what their plan was, and they felt confident in it. And whether regardless of what everybody else thought, um, I don't believe that Coach Carroll steps aside and moves to the front office side of this of, of that organization without them knowing that the next person that is stepping in already is solidified and they can continue the culture that is that of the Seattle Seahawks. And I know people don't want to hear that. I hear it. And there's obviously, obviously I don't know. This is me just speaking from my experience from being in that building and having relationships with those people and knowing what that city is all about and that culture and that community, everything, right? They want to keep that culture. There's a very unique culture in Seattle. And there's only so many people who have had their hands on that who are in positions to take that take that position there of the head coach and continue that. Um, and I think that, just my opinion, I think DQ is the only person that Coach Carroll would step aside for. What about Nick Saban? No. <laughs> just wanted to say Got to ask. Total opposite personality. <laughs> I just, that's just, that's just my younger than Pete. That's just my so, genuine thought. I don't want wild. to – Scare people. I don't want people to feel like I know more than everybody else in terms of what Dan Quinn's thinking. I don't. But I do know Coach Carroll. I do know John Schneider. I do know the Seattle Seahawks in that city. It would take a lot for Coach Carroll to step aside and pass that off to pass the torch off to somebody. They're not going to say, hey, Coach Carroll, all right, step aside. And they're like, all right, now let's figure out where we want to go. Let's uh, see any meaning. That's not how they move. No. I'd be surprised if Dan Quinn is not the guy. I'd be super surprised. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's it, that time of the year, man. <laughs> and like Isaiah mentioned, we've had the conversation previously of, okay, he's still in Dallas for a reason. He has the pieces. He wants to wait for the right opportunity. You could argue there's two right op- opportunities right now. You've got a, a loaded Seattle team that just pretty much needs a solidified future quarterback, and then you're, you're cooking with gas. And then you've got – the Chargers, who have their solidified future quarterback, they just need some pieces around it. Mm-hmm. And then you, you've got two spots that you could say that fits Dan Quinn's mold. You don't think New England's in there? They've got a long, long, longer way to go. I think with, I think with what Belichick leaves behind in terms of uh, a history and a lore of the franchise, it's always going to be in the conversation. But I don't know, just roster-wise, I don't think they're up there with those other two. What do you think about that? I think Robert Kraft's hired two head coaches, and it's been Pete Carroll and Bill Belichick. I'm, I'm just going to bet that he probably hires a decent coach this time. Pretty solid coach. Um, I think New England is a lot more attractive than a lot of those jobs that were open last year. Mm-hmm. So that's the only reason I throw it in there. Do you think I know it's, it's more as, of a build, but yeah. Do you think it's as attractive as Los Angeles or Seattle? Maybe not. Not even just for for Dan Quinn specifically. Yeah, but just the in Los general. Angeles one's tough because obviously they have the franchise quarterback. Mm-hmm. They've got like a lot how around. Many people it, really care about the Chargers. That's the yes. problem I keep it's, it's, it's a leadership building right? with somebody else that I don't know. It's They're the, just New England Patriots. <clears throat> just what Bill has helped build it to. Yeah. Yep, is on such a level where man, yeah. that's that. 
that's a good that's a great job i know that it needs some retooling in that but that, that's a that's a and, great job i want to bring it there's a couple <clears throat> things that people don't really at least from the outside i would imagine most fans don't really take into account when they're thinking about positions being filled one of which is culture which is obviously i'm i'm big on um i was able to have more insight on Dan Quinn coming into the Cowboys. I know Kyle remembers that from me some years back because yep. I knew the type of culture that he came from in Seattle, and I knew the type of energy he had and how he was going to be a culture changer, um, and that's what he's been. Uh, people don't need to take that into account in terms of potential fits, and then you have to take into account the stability of, of the management. All right, the stability of the front office. Mm -hmm. You know, what does that front office look like when you're a coach that's going to step out of something that's very comfortable? And you're going to step into another situation where you're now the guy and everybody's looking at you. The people that you have to work with that wear the suits right? or, or hoodies, whatever they decide to wear. Okay, The track not, suits. Yeah. Those, that's very important because you have to – you don't want to walk into a situation where you're trying to figure out if this relationship is going to work. That's why – another reason why I say that Seattle is very difficult for him to turn down because he knows that organization. He knows the ownership group there. Obviously – Obviously, um, you know, the ownership is now passed off to the family. Um, but, you know, Schneider's there. He's not going anywhere. He Dan Quinn is the obvious choice, but you don't think that there could be a potential dark horse, somebody that we're not even thinking about that they are really high on that they just haven't let out? That's, that city, I don't, I mean, they, I mean, obviously there's a chance. I just, I it's hard for me to imagine it. It's hard for me to imagine somebody who has not, had their their hand on that organization at some point in time yeah and had success there yes won a ring there correct so to the point of new england i think mike Vrabel's probably the guy yes for, that job. for sure that just that seems too. too right but yeah. we'll see there you go so coaching carousel got some injury updates and now when we come back we're gonna hit the film it's time for a little qb vision as we take a look at the cowboys offense versus the packers defense with more talking cowboys right after this Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Black Rifle Coffee Company serves premium coffee to people who love America. When you drink Black Rifle Coffee, you are directly supporting veterans, law enforcement, and first responders in your community. Black Rifle's expert roasters love coffee almost as much as Texas loves football, so it makes sense that America's Coffee partnered with America's team. Go online at BlackRifleCoffee.com and fuel up with the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. That's BlackRifleCoffee.com to fuel up today. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot Rowdy cheering on the boys, and now he's on his phone on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive, Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome back into Dear Doctor, the show where I answer life's questions with an ice-cold can of Dr. Pepper. Sheila, let's hear from our next caller, would you? 
Dear doctor, my friend supported me during a tough time. But what's the right gift that says, thanks for being a shoulder to cry on? Okay, this one's easy. I say give her a delicious Dr. Pepper. Nothing says, thanks, girl. Better than a one-of-a-kind soda. Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper is the one you deserve. Back to Talking Cowboys. Back here on Talking Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company. This portion of the show is brought to you by Quaker Oats, a super-trusted superfood. Quaker Oats, the official oatmeal sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys. Isaiah, did you get him in? <laughs> you know that's okay, right, good. Kyle. Because you're that, you're that dude. <laughs> yeah, speaking of that, I saw that last night. That win? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, I saw him at the store. Just ran into him? Just ran him into him. I'm looking in the store. I'm out there filling out our uh, the water bottles for the house, you know, like the big... The big five-gallon jugs. Um, my son and I are out there filling ours up, and I'm looking. And I'm seeing somebody check out. I'm like, is that Dat? He's like the most unassuming is, guy. Yeah, is that Dat? Is that Dat? Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> he's like the most unassuming guy. And, like, he's just driving the most basic of vehicles. And I was telling him, I was kind of teaching my son a lesson. I'm like, dude, you would never know. You would never know his his background nor what he's doing now um, as a businessman. You would never know. Mm-hmm. And, you, and so you said, awesome. so appreciate the castle we live in oh, and the fine no. cars that we drive. <laughs> you know that tent that you stay in every night, son? <laughs> That's right next to that guy's <laughs> house. No, but it was good to see that. That's awesome. I was thinking of the five-gallon jugs of water that you were just filling up. Yeah, how many are you doing at a time here? Yeah, We did three. Okay, We, did, we have okay. five empty containers at the house. It's seven fifty to to buy a brand-new one. Or, yeah, and so it's like... But it's only two fifty to fill it up. Okay. Speaking of jugs, did that jug machine come in? Oh, it's in there, buddy. <laughs> we're, we're, hitting, we're hitting the ground running tonight and tomorrow. Soccer ball specific. Soccer ball jugs. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> it's time for a little QB vision here on Talking Cowboys. Wide 80. Wide 80. It's time for QB vision with Isaiah Standback. Oh, Kyle, you're hilarious, man. What did I do? You did nothing, I bro. I did nothing. You did nothing, man. You're nothing. Just, you're awesome. Thanks, man. Um, Tell right. us about this Packers defense. Packers defense, man. These guys are talking about unassuming. These guys are um, they're sneaky. They're sneaky. They don't. Is that a nice way of saying they're not very good? No, they're actually okay. Okay, good. Yeah, they're actually okay. Um, but there's not a lot that pops off on on film when you watch these guys, right? It's just like they're just consistent. Um, let's go ahead and talk about. What they do here statistically, some of these things that we have here. Let me pull this up for you. All right, statistically, okay, when you look at their defense versus kind of our defense, just as in comparison, we run the third most single high in the league. Mm -hmm. Okay, we know we're a single high defense. They run the fifth most. So these guys like to have one safety sitting back there at all times. Um, they're also – we're at 30th in split safety. They're 25th split safety. So it's relatively obvious that these guys want to play single high. But then when you look at the other stats in terms of man coverage, we're first in the league, Dallas Cowboys that is, at playing man-to-man coverage. These guys are right in the middle of the road. Okay? So just because you see them in single high doesn't mean that they're playing man-to-man. Um, these guys mix it up in terms of nickel, base, dime. That's all kind of kind of rolled in there. Okay, the couple of things that you guys want to pay attention to: Dallas Cowboys are number one in the league in pressure rate. These guys are going to be sixth, so they are getting pressure, and it's not always by blitzing. All right, these guys are able to get some pressure with their defensive line, surprisingly, because they're not doing anything amazing when you watch it on film. These guys are two gap. 
two-gap type of defense. They got some fellas up front that can really just put two hands on you and just try to drive you back into the quarterback. They are physical up front. That's one thing that does pop off the film to me. There's not a guy that you're like, oh, my gosh, he's just this amazing pass rusher. Um, they, they don't have a Micah. They don't have a D-Lotto. They don't have guys that you will circle and be like, yeah, you might want to know where this guy's at at all times. Mm-hmm. It's just that they just play hard and they want to hit you. Um, so that's something that is very apparent to me. Um, in terms of their defensive line, the one guy to me that does stick out on their defensive line is going to be 97, and that's Kenny Clark. Um, he's, a, he's a big boy, and he – Man, he's what six, pretty much six three, three hundred fifteen pounds, and he, he looks like it. He looks like it. He's physical. Um, he he's able to get underneath you, drive you back. I mean, you constantly see guys getting offensive linemen getting pushed two, three yards back um, when he decides to bull rush. So he is a problem, and he shows up with some bad intentions when he actually gets to the quarterback. <clears throat> Outside of him up front, I would have to go to the next level. Um, the guy that pops off film to me is going to be Quay Walker, uh, mm-hmm. number seven, uh, outside linebacker. He is their blitzing linebacker. He's the guy, whenever they want to get pressure outside of their just front four, he's the man that they call on to come up there and go ahead and apply pressure. And he, they usually find a way to match him up against your running back. Like they know they do. They seemingly do a really good job of understanding what your blocking assignments are up front. They do what most other teams do, right? They take that defensive end, put them out in a wide nine. They take that. They take their five and they bump him down into a three technique. And then they stunt him down towards your center. So now your guard and your center have to collapse on that one defense on that defensive tackle. The the left tackle has to go out to the defensive end and they literally isolate uh, number seven. Uh, who's going to be Quay Walker. They isolate him on your running back, and they say, yeah, good luck trying to block him. And this dude is Houdini. Not only is he a good-sized guy, but he's agile as all get out. Can I I pause you really quick? Yes, you can. I will say the Green Bay Packers give up top five in the league and giving up explosive run plays, which is uh, 10 yards or more uh, Mm -hmm. uh, carries. I think this is a game for Tony Pollard. I'm not scared of their run defense. Well, they're 28th in the league in terms of rushing yards allowed on average. And they've had four games this year where they've allowed over 200 rushing yards. Yeah. Four games. And if you think the Cowboys are bad at at stopping the run, which at times they have been, they have two games. So half Mm -hmm. of the amount of time where it's 200 yards Mm -hmm. or more and – they're 16th in the NFL in terms of rushing yards allowed per game compared to 28th with Green Bay. So you're you're talking about the Cowboys being maybe a below average run defense. The the Packers have a bad run defense. So this yeah. is a chance for Tony Pollard. Absolutely. I, I totally agree with you. I know I'm talking in reference to their pass rush, and that's where I see them being most dangerous of the two aspects now, of their really team. they're really good against the pass. They're ninth against the no, pass. No, I was just saying they're good. They're, yeah. they're solid up front. Like I said, it's not anything that just flashes off the film, but these guys, they, they literally they lock on, they'll drive you back up front, and then they find ways to isolate the guys that they want with one-on-one matchups. No different than Dan Quinn finding a way to match up Micah Parsons against an offensive yeah. uh, you know, guard or a center. Right? He finds ways scheme-wise to say, okay, you now isolate have fun trying to block Micah. They do the same thing with uh, with their linebacker um, in Quay. He's 6'4", 241. He's, he's, a, he's a big boy, right? And he, like, again, he has those long arms. He's able to swim, move guys, throw running backs out the way. So you definitely need to be aware of him. Their running defense, like you guys mentioned, I'm not afraid of it. Reason being, from from the first thing I said, these guys are two-gap defense. They're not running a lot of stunts. They're not doing a lot of movements. These guys literally are just locking on and they're coming downhill. So what you see is what you get. Pre-snap, post-snap is pretty much the same. So in terms of that, that win, Dak, okay, that Dak, that dude, huh? How about that? Um, All right. <laughs> 
Uh, in terms it was just of, as bad as my cheesy one joke of my clients in the got me this segment. Um, in terms of Dak being able to put the offense in a good position to run the ball, this, there should be no problems here, mm -hmm. unless they change from what they've been showing on film. Um, where where they're at is where they're going to be. Um, so that's because there's no, it's not a lot of shifts on the defensive front. They're not changing their fronts from over to under. Literally, they're lining up and they're saying, "Let's play ball." Um, so that's good from their from their regard. Uh, as we go to the secondary, there's I'm not seeing a lot. I'm, I'm really not seeing a lot uh, from their secondary. I know that the name that everybody's going to talk about is going to be you know Jair Alexander, number twenty three. I haven't seen much from him on film. Haven't seen much what at about all. Like during a coin toss. <laughs> yeah, he's there. Um, Just I, did a news segment this week with him. Uh -uh. He, he, like, he like hijacked a news segment and was like, uh, "Oh, I did see that." He, he said something like, uh, "The bag are gonna be ready" or something like that. And the news reporter was like, "And we got a fan over here." Oh, like, <laughs> she had no idea. He was she in street no clothes idea. and he just like popped over her yeah, shoulder. He did a little, little seatbelt thing real quick. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like, gonna back up the reporter here because I mean, Dak sure. like totally photobombed the end of our post game show the other day, like. Dak Prescott, and I didn't even notice he was standing there. And so the only reason I knew he was there is because I had a monitor in front. If I would have flashed back, I mean, he was in like a bright yeah. red suit too. Yeah. So I probably would have noticed if I would have like flashed back and seen him. But if I didn't have the television monitor there, I would have had yeah. no idea no who awareness. it was, no idea where it We're was. We're lowering like, your, your madden awareness is going down. It's, you yeah, it's bad. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> also, it's like, like a, a live reporter, you're probably terrified that like somebody running up on your set is going to yeah. say something stupid. Oh, it's a real problem. And you're yeah. like, okay, you're just happy that it gets out and it's Wasn't all that, safe. Who's that one guy used to run around saying something crazy? Uh, yeah. I don't remember. Anyways, but you guys know what I'm talking about. Okay, you can't say it on air. I know what you're talking about. The fact that in my brain I'm saying like, why is he bringing this up? Right? Yeah, yeah. I'm saying. Well, I'm saying like, there, like led a, to James Winston while, that suspended was a for thing. the Clemson game. Like that was a thing. Uh, <laughs> all right, so as we, I wasn't gonna say it. <laughs> you almost got in trouble, buddy. <laughs> all right, so as we go to the secondary, okay, the secondary. Uh, again, Jair Alexander, he hasn't shown up. He's doing more talking than he's doing playing right now, from what I can see on film. Mm. Uh, they're not asking these guys to play a lot of man-to-man. -man. So he's not getting opportunity to really show off what I think he does best, which is press man coverage, right? He's going to talk. He wants to get up, put his hands on you, and stay in your hip pocket. These guys are not playing a lot of man-to-man. -man. Whenever they are playing man-to-man, -man, it's usually because they're blitzing. So if you see their technique change and their cornerbacks do an awful job, hopefully they're not listening to this, but their cornerbacks do an awful job of, of hiding coverage, meaning majority of the time these guys are playing cover three. Okay, One safety back, four guys underneath, the cornerbacks are playing off and outside. Mm -hmm. That's how you draw it up on paper when you're teaching you know, your, your middle school team. That's how they line up. These guys are off and outside, about six to seven yards, and they're looking inside. That's one of them key, key, um, what's the word? I just freaking dropped the word. Um, indicators that you look for as a quarterback. If I come out and I see single high and I want to know whether or not it's cover three or, or it's man, I'm looking at the how the cornerbacks are lined up. Are they are they pressed in inside? Are they pressed in head up? Are they off and head up? Right. And okay, that's probably man to man coverage. If they're off and outside, they're looking in towards me, it's zone. Right, so it's cover three. I already yeah. got you figured out. Now, really good cornerbacks and good defenses, obviously, they'll mess around with that alignment. I'll line up inside to show like it's press man, and then right at the snap of the ball, I'll jump and change my technique. A lot of different ways that guys mess around with you, but these guys don't. They line up and they show you what they're what they're playing coverage wise. Um, with that, you should know what the heck's going on from Dak's perspective. You should know that it's cover three. You should have no issues. And if they see if you see them change their alignment, 
right? All of a sudden, they're not off and outside. You look out there, these guys are now pressed man. I was like, okay, now you're probably playing man. Now let me find out who's blitzing. And that's typically the, the indicator. And the guy that they're usually freeing up, I guarantee you, you look down, there's probably a three technique and a nine technique, and there's a number seven off the ball at the second level. That's the guy that they want to get matched up against your running back, as I mentioned before. So not a lot going on in this secondary. Yeah. Um, it's usually three. It's usually one. Um, and if it's one, then something's usually coming. Something's usually brewing. I know this was a long time ago. This is like feels like three months ago. It would be like a year if we were talking me. Uh, but when, when the Cowboys played the Rams and you were looking at the Rams defense, mm -hmm. uh, Brian Shaw Schottenheimer earlier in the week compared this defense to that one, okay. schematic wise and personnel wise. Do you? I don't remember. Yeah, I was yeah. I like. I like. Slept yeah. since then. <clears throat> yeah, a couple times. Yeah, I neuralize myself every week. <laughs> I was surprised to see that the uh, the opponent's passer rating against is like ninety four point seven, which is like top ten worst in the league. Yeah. Only picked off seven passes, which is the worst in the NFC. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of. I don't know. I was just kind of surprised that. I was really surprised that Tennessee is the, what leads the NFL in that. They've only picked off six. I, hmm. I just think of the Packers, especially with the Jair Alexander. If you're not watching them a ton, you're just like, oh, okay, well, they probably are middle of the pack or something like that. And it, it you just, look at the numbers, and you're like, they can definitely throw on this team. There's no question about yeah, that. Yeah, you'll be able to throw all day. And I think a lot of times the reason why they're playing that single high is because of what you said, their run defense is not solid. So they're trying to add that extra man to the box. They can't afford to have two guys back deep because they're, they're going to be you know only six guys in a the box. They're lighting the butt. But it also it, feels like against the pass, they're just trying to keep everything underneath. Yeah. Like as long as they don't let anything over the top, they're fine. They're really good at not allowing explosive pass plays. Yeah. I think that's just as a result. And, and this works great for this offense because this yeah. offense is so West Coast heavy, middle of the field. See, I just don't see any issues. But the thing is, like typically if you're trying to keep everything in front, you're not playing a single high. Right? So like you literally can overload uh a single high cover three type scheme. I could put three guys to one side and I can run seams and I can pick you apart. The one thing that these guys do a good job of, which is probably why they're limiting some of those plays because they're, they're second level defenders or linebackers in that roll down safety. They get a lot of depth. Hmm. They get underneath your routes. So, I mean, typically where these guys' responsibilities is kind of be around that seven to eight yard range, these guys are dropping 12, 14 yards back, right? The cornerbacks are playing off and outside. They're getting back and playing over the top, and they're allowing their second-level defenders to really get a lot of depth, which means that sometimes you might have to check it down to your running back and let him get some yak yardage, right? So from that regard, they're trying to play a cover four type, like, um, scheme mentally i guess you know you know that that type of um approach with a single high safety so it's, it's kind of weird how they're there that they're asking those guys to say hey we're gonna say single high we're gonna have run support but when you guys see that it's passed drop out of there like mm. get the heck out of there oh one thing i forgot to mention they green dog one of the few teams that i've seen this year to actually green dog green dog means that if you're a linebacker okay your responsibility is me and man-to-man -man coverage as a as a running back as soon as I see, let's say run play action, as soon as I see that I'm not getting the ball, you have free range to go ahead and rush the passer. Like, my responsibility is the running back. If the running back is not going out into a route and he's not getting the ball, I can blitz. I have free range to blitz. And you'll see that, see that sometimes with them. They'll come up, the linebacker will kind of take a little jab step, and he'll see the running back's not, not going anywhere, and he's, he's off. Right, it's like he has the green, the green light to just go. Which is interesting because you have seen Tony Pollard a couple of times, like start off in pass protection, then yep. leak out. So you know, just kind of chip bait him real into quick and then go. And then, yeah. yeah, you better yeah. get it off because a lot, because those guys they're he's definitely coming. coming. Yeah, he's yeah. coming. So you better get the ball off. I always find it interesting when you talk about all the different things that these teams do on the back end. And then yesterday, 
uh, deck in his locker. I think you were over there for a little bit, just just talking off the record, just about you know seeing things inside out versus mm-hmm. outside in and stuff like that. And when he when he was talking about it, and a lot of times when you're talking about this stuff, I just it's so fascinating to me because it's like for the average person, it would be difficult to dissect this and hit the open receiver with no pass rush. You just standing out there and just having like to get the ball out quick, especially at the NFL level, mm-hmm. especially at a playoff level of how teams are playing. It is so. I mean, obviously, people talk about the arm strength and all that, but like upstairs, what these guys have to have, you yeah. know, to be able to execute, because yeah. how quick like these windows open and close, and, mm-hmm. and and how you have to read things a certain way, and how guys got to be on the same page with you, it is, it's just fascinating. Like yeah. I, that stuff will never get old to me. I, I'm always like blown away by all of that because again, like that's with no pass rush. Yep. Yeah. So I can't even imagine like, and then you add in like a guy like a Drew Brees being a little bit shorter, and you got the big offensive line for you. Like, I, I just don't think that. I don't know how the NFL would do it, but I don't know that fans get the real perspective. I yeah. guess you'd have to put a camera on the quarterback, which teams don't <laughs> want to do. There, right? <laughs> right, but I'm saying like, yeah, 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 yeah. that's true, they did. But I'm just like, I think I think people would have far more appreciation yeah. and more understanding of why, you know, everyone does these quarterback ranking lists of how why there's really only five to ten that are really super, super elite mm-hmm. in the world. Like, yeah. you know, I mean, it just, it's yeah. it is amazing. It is incredible, and, and it almost would look like the old uh, – they had the ESPN video games back in the yeah. day, like 2K, mm-hmm. and that you would have, like, the first-person mode where you have, like, the whole face mask in front of you, and you're just running around kind of doing your own thing. Yeah. It wouldn't even be close. It would be even more harder than that. All right, when we come back here on Talking Cowboys, I've, I've got a question from the fan text. I, I really like this question. It's from Anthony in Seattle who listens all the time. He's talking about Dan Quinn, and I want to ask this question when we come back right after this. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Are you ready to take coffee off your grocery list forever? Black Rifle Coffee Club is here to help. As a coffee club member, you'll get your favorite coffees roasted, packaged, and shipped to your door free of charge on your preferred schedule. Set it, forget it, and never run low on coffee again. Members also get exclusive deals on coffee, products, and discounts from partner brands. Ease your mind and let Black Rifle worry about your coffee supply. Go to BlackRifleCoffee.com to join the coffee club today. It's the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. And right now, Cowboys fans can get 15% off their $75 order. Plus, because every deal needs a playmaker, your order will include a free five-piece skincare set and free shipping. The Jack Black Playmaker is four of Jack's favorites and a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Make a play for the playmaker at GetJackBlack.com slash Cowboys with the code CowboysVIP. That's GetJackBlack.com black.com slash cowboys with the code cowboys vip todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable and now todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour but the good news is todd has at&t 5g that is fast reliable and secure and he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew at&t 5g fast reliable secure it's not complicated 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Back 
to Talkin' Cowboys. Back here on Talking Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company. This segment is brought to you by Invisalign, the official smile of the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> Nick Harris, John Machota, Isaiah Stanback, Chris Beam in the back. I'm Kyle Yeomans. What are you up to now? What are Nothing, you Kyle. Are you looking at high school basketball pictures? I was trying to go back and find it because we were watching NFL Network, and they were talking about Coach Belichick and mm-hmm. talking about they had that segment with Randy Moss Yeah, talking about the Halloween, the Halloween party. party. Well, I was oh, there yeah. on a team that year. Oh, okay. So I have pictures like my old hard drive, I have to go find him. Of coach, mm-hmm. me and Coach Belichick, when he was dressed up as he a pirate. He was a pirate, but what were you? I was a pimp. Okay. <laughs> what was Randy? I can tell you what he told was me. He he just up, you just showed up normally, though. <laughs> <laughs> like, normal, like, Dang it, you beat it to me. Who had the best costume? Uh, uh, Randy Moss was SpongeBob. Him, yeah. and his, him and his lady were SpongeBob. Both uh, of them were SpongeBob. Wes Welker was Party Boy. I bet one was Patrick. I don't remember that. Yeah, I don't Did think that was SpongeBob. One was Patrick. TB12? Yeah, TB12 was there, him and Gazelle. Okay. Yeah, she was pregnant at the time. Did he dress up? Yeah, they both dressed up. Okay. So everybody that was there actually dressed up. Oh, yeah. It was a fun party. The party was amazing. Who was Tom? Tom was... I don't think oh, I can say no. it out here. Okay, nice. Yeah, that's good. Good for him. <laughs> what? Was he a goat? No, I think he was a. I think he was a pimp too. But he was. <laughs> but she had like. Yeah, let's not talk about that. Okay. <laughs> let's see these so many references today. That was a fun night. I can tell you that. I'm yeah. trying to find the picture for mm. me dressed up that night. Of I all, know I didn't post a picture of me and Coach Belichick, but I think I posted a picture of just me dressed up that mm. night. Of so all the NFL films, like behind the scenes videos, and there's a lot of great ones. That's one of my favorite. The, oh, yeah. the Randy going to Bill talking about that. And I think it's in the same episode as a, I think it's all about Belichick, but Brady sitting down with him and they're going over film and, and they're just like dissecting. They highlighted Ed Reed. And like how difficult. No, that was me that night in one of my office linemen. Turn around and show it to to Nick's oh, camera. Oh my. my gosh! Oh, there you go. <laughs> oh man! Oh my gosh! Andre the Giant. Nacho Libre. No, he's Nacho Libre. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man! All right, let's get to this question. Yeah, oh, let's man. get to the question. Anthony in Seattle, and and um, this has been a conversation I think on Cowboys Twitter a little bit. Hopefully, Dan Quinn uh, potentially leaving motivates. The current Dallas Cowboys, the current guys on this defense, going into the playoffs this year. Uh, what do you? How do you feel like that impacts this defense? Knowing that that could be a possibility as a player, as somebody that's on the outside looking in, is NFL insiders like you guys? Does it matter knowing that Dan Quinn's possibly out of here at the end of this campaign? Yes, it does. Yes, it matters. Why? Because you got to go get it. Not to so, say that you didn't have that mindset already, but sure. it's, it's it's a heightened sense of awareness that hey, we might not be the same next year. You got one shot at this. Yeah, we might not. There's a high probability, <laughs> greater than it's been over the past two seasons. I know we've been hearing that the last two years, but now anybody who has any kind of antennas knows that there's a heightened heightened chance of him leaving, and you might want to go take advantage of this because who knows who's going to be leading this next year. For what it's worth, we asked Deron Bland kind of that question yesterday in the locker room, and he was like, man, I'm focused on this journey, the guys we have right now. like yeah. I'd, I'm not worried about any of that. Yeah. But also, that's just who Deron yeah. is. He probably doesn't yeah. like pick up his phone until like 10 p.m. every night. That's me. Yeah. Like, he still has his high school huddle highlights like pinned on his Twitter. Like That's how like under the radar he is. Good for him. Yeah, yeah. I love that's it. That's why he's an all-pro. Yeah, I wish I could be that, yeah, that. yeah that, that's tough. I was standing there when yeah Bland gave that answer too, and it, that part of it made me think of how, especially if you're a younger player, you're just like you're you got so much going on. It's the playoffs, everything's heightened. That 
I'm sure even with him, though, it adds a little something there, a little bit of a sense of urgency mm-hmm. because of that. But I also think having Dak Prescott on this team and him being able to share how he's been so open about 2016 yeah. and, and, and admits that, hey, he thought this league was going to be easier because of how smooth things went. And I remember those times. I remember Scott Linehan talking outside the locker room saying how, like, yeah, I got to remind him sometimes this isn't how it always goes and stuff like that. Hmm. And so because of that, I know that Dak is a big proponent of, like, man, you don't you, – you don't get these opportunities all the time. You got to take advantage of them. But also, yeah, I certainly think with the Dan Quinn situation, I just the only part of it is, I wonder how many players on the team even know, like, like how many guys are sitting around going, "Man, did you see that Seattle job just open? Man, Dan's going to take that." Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that there aren't any, yeah, but I I just find it hard to believe that there's a lot, you know? Yeah, I I bet you that conversation's been had, but yeah. There's people focused. I'll I'll share this story yeah. even though we're not technically supposed to share what we see in the in the lunchroom. Oh no, this is really this is cool. This Buckle is a up. cool story. Uh, I was walking back from a workout. They have like a boot camp thing that they run on Wednesday afternoons, and I was walking back yesterday. Thanks for inviting. And it, hey, I invite you every week. Um, you you just said you don't like working out anymore. The uh, I was walking back through, and there were balloons. There was like a whole thing of balloons. And there was a, a gold 50. And I was like, that's cool. Like somebody's birthday. I wonder whose birthday it is. It was John Fossil. And they, were, they had a whole setup in the table. His family was in there. And it was just like a special moment between him and his family. But I thought about it a little bit more. I was like, not only is that a cool moment of like, hey, he's getting to celebrate his birthday. But he's at the office. He's, and this was at like 630 yesterday. He's at the office at 630. And he's going to stay for long enough to, his, to where his family had to come in to the office and celebrate his birthday, which, by the way, happy birthday, John. A little yeah. belated, but... Uh, Being around him and knowing him, does that surprise you, though? Not even a <laughs> single bit. And, and I think from the outside looking in, you forget that there's human elements to playoff runs, human elements to the NFL. And, and you mentioned it a couple days ago, the, how this is the time of year where these guys don't leave the building. <laughs> they don't leave. They, they barely sleep. If they do, it's, it may be here. It may be... As close as you can get to here, because it is nothing but eat, sleep, breathe football. And so even having a special moment like that is something that stuck out to me of like this staff is locked in. Mm -hmm. And he wasn't the only one in the building. I could say it it, like he's those hours. Everyone was there. And and it was it was just kind of something that stuck out to me and something I thought I should point out. It's always interesting when players like you ask like players like towards the end of their careers or even after their career is over. Guys have been in the league for a long time and you'd be like. So what do you think, man? Maybe like coaching next? And so many guys would be like, no, I'm not trying to Bro, put in those hours. I literally had one of my one of my old teammates text me last night after this the Seattle news came out. He was like, so what you think about coaching? I'm like, what about coaching? He's like, would you go up to Seattle and coach? I'm like, no. Bro, it would take so much money. To, and then he started throwing out numbers. I'm like, yeah, no, that's that's not going to be enough to get me up there and what was your number? hours. Huh? What was your number? He, he <laughs> You want me to be a jerk, don't you? He, he threw out some numbers, and I was like, no, nah, that's not going to be enough. And he no, threw out one your, number. I'm like, I'm listening. This is a safe space. This is a safe space. Five what's million. Your number? The, the number started, he, when he mentioned, no, it was 300. Once he said 300, mm-hmm. I said, okay, I'm listening. 300,000? Oh, yeah. Stacks? Million. Yeah, stacks. Come on. I said, I'm listening. It, but it would take I mean, those hours are crazy. You don't see your family. Yeah. Like you know what I'm saying? Like those guys sacrifice so much. And speaking of birthdays, shout out today's my brother's 50th birthday. Crazy oh, cool. brought that up. So shout yeah. out Jamar Williams. Love you, bro. Boom. Uh you're you're, you're old. Um <laughs> But yeah, those guys don't see they don't see their fans the way they want to. Yeah. Right? And if, when well, they and do see their family too. Well, they're yeah, they're moving, but the thing is, like, you don't see your kid before you leave. 
You're leaving while your kids still sleep. You're here in the building by the time they're waking up and you're getting home after their sleep. Yeah. So if you have young children, like you miss so much of their lives. Yeah, you do. You I feel for the so I feel for the kids way more than I do the the coaches just because of the fact of you obviously like you just said your father's not going to be around as much cuz he's always working. You're getting you're having to move to different places. So then now you got to get into yeah. a new school and then here's the worst part. If the team's not playing well, Mm. You got to hear all these, <laughs> you know. Yeah. God, there's all the words I want to say I can't say. Yeah, no, talking sure. about it, yep. and you got to, you, and you, and you're just like you don't even know what you're. There's so much more to it than you know what's going on. Yeah. Like that's just, yeah. Yeah. Funny, funny quick story. Kind of, we have to get out of here. Yep. We're we're leaving the Michigan game after he after Penix threw his last interception. It was like, all right, son, let's 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 get up out of here. Like it's over. Did right? you watch the celebration? No, we're out of here. Um, it was pouring out rain. I want to get up out of here. Yeah, exactly. Thanks. So we're walking like literally walking out, and like we're in the middle of a bunch of Michigan fans, right? And I don't know how we got like in the Michigan section, and literally all the fans were sitting by were like all right bye bye leave my son like puts the brakes on and like goes looks at it and gives a meme mug i'm like just just go keep going. <laughs> just just keep going i'm like my son's the most most re- respectful mm-hmm. like not outspoken at all and this dude gave the death stare i'm like Ooh. he has like a little temper i'm like bro just keep walking i wish you would have <laughs> let him pop off no like i wish you would have let him get going bro, he was like i wanted to thrash them oh <laughs> it's like bro what i like no, space force baby welcome to college football space fandom <laughs> Yeah. He saw an alien. Exactly. (laughs) Maybe. All right. John, before we get out of here, what's your prediction for this week? Uh, Cowboys 30, Packers 20. Mm -hmm. I. I, I could see it being close, but I just think that this Cowboys team is so much better. And like I said, uh, a couple or yesterday, a couple days ago, I don't know. Yeah, look at you. (laughs) Uh, I just, I think the Cowboys could have went 15 and 2 against that Packers schedule. Yeah. And I don't know if the Packers make the playoffs if they had the Cowboys schedule. So. Yeah, 30 to 20 Cowboys. Uh, got it. All right. We'll give our predictions tomorrow. We'll have Josh Rodriguez on the show. Then we'll break it down for you next week here on Talking Cowboys. For Chris Beam, Isaiah Stanback, John Machota, Nick Harris, I'm Kyle Yeomans. We'll see you tomorrow. We're a Say It With Your Chest Friday here on Talking Cowboys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!